Today in the studio by uh, Gina Arada, our newest associate here at the firm, and uh, my partner Dan Garner, and uh, we will be talking about advice for new lawyers today, um, and getting some perspective on what it is like to be one. So hope you enjoy. Thanks. Okay, Gina, um, we are here to talk about being a new lawyer and you are the newest lawyer that I know <laughs> and so I appreciate you being willing to step in and, and uh, talk to us here today um, so when did you when did you become official September 4th 2020 so almost a month ago three weeks ago now that is the date when yeah. Gina's soul died, <laughs> it was executed uh, by the bar. Fair enough. So, what? I mean, what is it like? I remember years ago. Now, many, many years ago, um, you know, it kind of getting into it, not really understanding what's going on all the time or whatever. But what's it been like for you? I mean, what's your impression? Um. I think with each level, there's more responsibility and then, like, the new stress that comes with it. So, for example, like, I was clerking for you guys um, last summer, and then, you know, you do, you, like, start learning things like that, like the demand letters and just how to kind of put together a complaint and more basic stuff, and then when... I started doing my hours for diploma privilege. There was like a new level of kind of responsibility. Like you started giving me more so, more cases to do on my own a little bit. Like, mm -hmm. okay, just draft this complaint and then you would look af at it after or um, just kind of be like, okay, just try it and see what you do. So that was like another stress level you know that you kind of have to like get acclimated to you're welcome for that yeah <laughs> no and, and, I, and this is like a positive thing because i feel like because i feel like with each step you don't, you don't have to you don't have to say that just because you work for no me. no i'm really not but i think like with each Gina's little level under duress of course, <laughs> obviously you know that that's clear from your responses but yeah no i i, I will say it could be worse i know i had a a partner when I was just starting out who would assign me he he used to tell me and I actually bizarrely really enjoyed it uh, after the first little while but um, he told me that once you know he, he had had a at his big job that he'd learned kind of everything he had somebody who just kind of threw him cases and sort of threw him into the into the fire right away and that was kind of how he learned and that was sort of his idea now he was always available to help but he would tell me yeah no go do this if it takes you a little longer to figure it out that's fine that's why we charge less for your time and you know go figure it out um 
I I'm not sure it would be the best the best way to train every type of attorney, but it worked really well with me. I I actually really like the idea of kind of figuring things out, but not everybody yeah, I think I'm the opposite. Yeah. I kind of like, <laughs> okay, this is the task. This is an example, you know, kind of like being, my hand being held along the way. But it's also good sometimes to just figure it out, which I feel like has been a good mix between. But, I mean, what I was just saying is, like, I think with now actually being an attorney, it's like a little bit, the reality has set in because now I can like sign my own name at the bottom and I can't like hide behind <laughs> your name or Dan's name anymore. So it's like, yeah, this is my work and I have to own it now. Yeah, it's it's odd that you mention that because I don't remember that being a big deal for me too. I mean, the the idea that I'm like, okay, now it's actually going in under my name um, made a a surprisingly big deal mm -hmm. or a big difference for me um, and I guess it should it just seems like a, a formality but you know it, I think it has some some weight some significance so now you're a member of the legal profession what do you see as kind of your goals or what are you wanting to accomplish right out of the gate or do you feel like you have enough information even to know um, I think that one of the big things is just to feel comfortable doing everyday stuff. So, like, I want to be able to, like, sit down and draft a motion for summary judgment or something and it not be the stress, the stressful, you know, kind of, <laughs> um process but also like I just want to get familiar with trial stuff in general I've done a lot of the pre-trial and discovery and now we're kind of on a hold with actual trials but yeah you you decided to be a trial lawyer probably at the worst time yeah uh, for trial law in in recent memory in Utah because there just isn't any it's so weird to you know be practicing law and, and not only to not be in trial but know no know that no one's in trial mm -hmm. um yeah that, so i guess that's the, interesting the yeah. next big step would just be help with a trial but that might be in another year or so so in the meantime i don't know just get comfortable with well, you probably have, I mean, we're looking at, you know, and I don't know that this is going to be any different at any other law firms in town. Um, I think everybody's going to wind up in this situation, but you may get your trial experience more or, or sooner than you thought um, because we've got so many trials now that are stacked up mm -hmm. waiting. You know, the, the cases that we would normally have taken in trial and resolved or, or not, um, by now are all pushed out to January, so you may get a chance to get more trial experience than you think mm -hmm. coming up because we're going to need to put two p attorneys on e each one of those cases, and it can't, it won't be able to be the same people every time. Yeah. So we just have too much to do. So I think that's good. That's that's a good. 
advice for new attorneys is definitely try and get as much experience as you can as early as you can so um, you know one tip that I remember from when I was a young attorney is I would always volunteer for you know everything um, if somebody had a case with a deposition and you know in uh, uh, in North Dakota in January and they couldn't go uh, and they needed somebody to fill in I would volunteer mm -hmm. and um, you know if somebody needed somebody to work on help them out with a case that was a little out of their area I'd volunteer and so I got to know a lot of the attorneys at the firm that way and um, I got I think I got experience a lot faster than some of my peers because I was willing to just kind of go out and give things a try and figure it out. Um, I would say one piece of advice that I I remember from my time as a brand new lawyer um, to take take the time that you need to do projects. Um, I, you, there's obviously going to be pressure, especially if you're billing by the hour, to you know, make sure and be affordable for the client. I would say two things. First, uh, like my, you know, old mentor used to tell me, you know, that they're billing less for your time generally because you're a newer lawyer and it might take you longer to figure things out. And, you know, that's okay. And second, it is generally it is better to be late and right than to be uh, to rush through things and be early and, e and either miss something critical or be wrong. Um, so, yeah. Um, make sure and take the time that's necessary. And I promise you that if you accidentally bill or spend too much time on something, I, I don't know that I would ever say spend too much time on something, but I'd say, you know, spend more time than we're, we're, we think is fair to bill the client, then we'll just reduce the bill. Um, it's that's not a problem. Oftentimes, it's a benefit for the clients because they get to see, you know, their bill being cut, <laughs> so they feel like it's a discount. Um, but what they're really doing is they're paying, you know, they're paying for good legal work, and they're paying for, you know, and it may take e may take you or any brand new attorney longer to do that good quality work um, that it would take me. But the rates are different, mm -hmm. so um, there, there really is no reason to try and rush through things. Um, Gina, how have you handled the kind of the changing balance between kind of work life, home life, social life, everything that comes when you kind of stop doing the school part-time, work part-time sort of thing? And I, I say part-time, I know you're a full-time student, but I yeah. mean... Yeah. You know, part of the day and then part of the day you're working to just full-time work. I mean, how is that? I, I know that transition is difficult for a lot of people. And what, what would you say about that? I've loved it. I feel like I have more time. <laughs> but also, I am not working at a big firm and don't have a billable requirement. I've talked to some of my friends that have 1850 or 1900 billables that they need to meet and they say that they're working a lot and don't know how sustainable it is but for me it's been good like I've had to get here early on some days and stay late but overall 
Um, I mean, I have my Saturdays to kind of hang out with my family and do fun things. And then during the week, just work, which is different because in law school, it was like seven days a week, all day law school, pretty much like maybe one night a week, I would let myself have a break. But yeah, it's been better. <laughs> Law school is terrible. I know yeah. there are some really wonderful people I, ha- I I know that would disagree with me and or that even work at, at at the law school, but I hate law school. Um, all right, I hated it. Uh, I liked the people. I liked. I found the subject interesting. I found the the tension and the pressure to be almost unbearable and yeah. and completely unnecessary. One of the things I think is good about, you know, you have the benefit, and not to toot our own, our own horn too loudly, but you have the benefit of working in, on the plaintiff's side uh, of litigation. And I think for trial lawyers, a lot of times it, it's, it's harder for people to get used to, especially if they're coming from another area where it's more based in hours. But, you know, the idea that you're the... the you know, per level of productiveness in a person, it comes from the outcomes that they get in, you know, their case rather than from, you know, a particular amount of time spent in a seat, mm-hmm. you know. So rather than getting paid by the hour, we get paid based on the result uh, for, you know, the majority of our cases. And that can make for a... I mean, it really rewards kind of cleverness. It rewards figuring things out, understanding the rules, um, and and knowing what you're doing. That's one other piece of advice that I would give to new, brand new associates and brand new attorneys out there is make sure and take the time, take the extra time if you have to, to learn how things are done and why, rather than just seeing how everyone else does them. So there are, you know, so many rules governing governing discovery, uh, motions practice, uh, other aspects of civil procedure, and you know, I, I very it's very common for me to see somebody make a reference to one of them and just sound silly or you know have to be corrected by the court simply because they are. Um, you know that that reference is just wrong, and the reason they got it is because it's way it, it's a lot easier and faster to just watch how you know the partners at your firm do it, or how somebody else who's been out longer than you does it, and then just kind of repeat the same words. But it's you know it's how we that's how we wound up getting you know I I can't tell you how many objections or how many. Ki- depositions I'm in where I have people objecting and telling me that the document speaks for itself like what I telling they're t- literally telling me that a piece of paper speaks and they don't see anything weird about that at all and it's because they've gotten used to hearing other older attorneys say that and they're just wrong I mean it's not a doctrine and if they read the rule they'd know that and all everything gets laid out in the rules, and so you know I always take the time to, or, or try and take the time when I'm doing something, especially something I haven't done in a while, to go back and read the rule that's associated with it, and and that I think will help you build a good foundation for 
understanding, okay, well, here's the way things are, here's why, and that way when you get into a situation where something's new, you can apply those same principles and, uh, you know, uh, and, and be able to figure it out. Um, Gina, what, uh, what would you say has surprised you the most about this process of newly becoming an attorney? Well, I'm in a little bit of a unique situation because I didn't have to take the bar exam. Which is awesome, right? Yeah, which I really loved. So instead of the bar exam, I had to do 360 hours of supervised practice. Um, and so one thing that I've just noticed from that experience is um, some attorneys not being as welcoming as you would like when you're coming into a new profession. There's been a lot of pushback and negative comments about the importance of the bar exam, which I don't discredit that the bar exam can be helpful. Yeah, I don't think it serves any purpose whatsoever. I mean, I mean other than as a review, as a, a barrier to entry. Yeah, it's I mean, not really a review because the subjects you study for the bar exam, it's not like you're committing that information to memory forever. To yeah, use I guess that's true. In the future, yeah, I studied negotiable instruments, you know, for weeks before the bar exam ask me how much of that i remember now i yeah. remember there's something called a holder in due course and that it's important and that's it and that's all i remember of it and it 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 serves no purpose but so i'm i'm really glad that they did that and i hope that they will continue on the future uh to do away with it uh permanently because it's nonsense yeah. So anyway, I just feel like the law community sometimes is interesting to deal with. But there, on the other side, there have been so many people that have had the same opinion you have where they think it's awesome and it really helped gain experience and knowledge and law and like concrete experience. And also a lot of people on diplomat privileged did a lot of pro bono work too which I think helps because you can kind of diversify a little bit what you're learning well and it certainly helps with the image of lawyers I mean yeah. you know the any the more charitable efforts that attorneys can be involved in um, the better it is for the entire legal community because it improves the public perception of attorneys uh, which is important for not just because it's nice to not have people hating your profession, but uh, also because it's important for maintaining a functioning democracy. You've got to have, you know, lawyers are kind of critical to that. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really important. And I think we're going to explore this issue about the bar exam versus the diploma privilege uh, thing uh, in a future episode here soon. But I, I think definitely, you know, it's a... It's interesting. One of the interesting side effects of the of the coronavirus pandemic has been this kind of new experimentation with different things, and and this might be something positive that comes out of that. So that'd be good. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it 
will be for the graduates in 2021. Because now there's more time maybe to prep for a different way to take the bar exam. But I'm wondering if the BYU and Utah are going to push for diploma privilege again. So we'll see. I think they, yeah, I think they will. And I, I mean, it just, it, it makes a lot more sense. And it, it's more consistent also with the way, you know, I mean, the Bar Association, in addition to being kind of a regulating entity, is also kind of a guild. I mean, it's, it's like a, a, a trades union. Um, and one of the functions of trades unions should be to train uh, their members. And so, you know, they'll put on training programs and certification things, and that all, that's all well and good. And I think the Bar Association trying to help train people is a great idea. I think it's not a great idea to force everyone to sit down for a really long, really pointless exam that is so pointless that it, it doesn't even work really well as a barrier to entry because something like 90% of the in-student people who take it pass so why are we if we're pretty sure that people everyone's going to pass or close to everyone and uh you know we're it doesn't have any practical relevance to what you're actually going to do as an attorney then why why go there why even bother with it but again yeah i think we're going to devote a whole episode to that that'll be a lot of fun um so uh, stay tuned and look forward to that. Gina, thanks for coming in and uh, talking with us on the podcast. I'm sure we will be hearing from you in, in the future because we often need guests and you're here and are often willing to uh, be interviewed. So yeah, no this may, may not be the only time. Thank you for tuning in to the Trial Lawyer Podcast. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Please uh, take the opportunity to like and subscribe on iTunes if you get a chance. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. <laughs>